Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race. Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh yeah. Hello everybody, we're back. Episode 483. Coming to you on Monday, May 8th. Uh, we're going to talk about a huge, huge, huge um, series of victories for the Trojans here to start the month, uh, including a couple of transfers or a transfer and a future commit. Uh, a huge commit in the basketball side of things uh, and another national title on the women's athletic side of things. So a lot of stuff going on at USC right now. We're going to talk about it. We're going to take your questions, open up the mailbag, and uh, just have fun here on a Monday. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fansided.com. You can get in touch with us, send us your emails, your thoughts, anything like that. You can leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts because you can find us on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you can find a podcast, we are there, including live here on YouTube every Monday night at 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined along with my co-host here in the Rain of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Elisa Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, we are back with another week and one that, um, how do I put this? It's both, like... It's not a snow, slow news week, obviously. There's a bunch of stuff going on. But in putting together this rundown, we have all of the news, and I'm like, are we are we going to have enough stuff to go an hour? And you just look at me like I'm a crazy person. Yeah, I mean, realistically, we, we can turn very little into a full hour. Uh, <laughs> ranting and, and extending topics is definitely not our weakness. Um, but you're right. It's it's weird because USC has had a bunch of news. It's just that a lot of the news is like, that's really good news for USC. And, and right. there's not like, it's just all really good. It's all coming up USC. So um, yeah, it's uh, we're in the we're in the middle of of the college football offseason. A lot of the news is going to be geared towards speculating about what what may come. Uh, in in the fall and uh, and for other sports next year, but it's all exciting for for USA right now. It's a lot of a lot of hope, a lot of optimism, and and it's all well warranted. 
Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, Kenny in the chat says, watch this episode will be two hours. Don't tempt us. It, 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 it very well could be. Um, there is a lot of stuff to talk about. It's just, um, you know, a bunch. It, it's a May episode. May is sort of the the dead period of the off season, but a lot of things uh, to discuss. So uh, let's just start with the news, shall we? You got to start with USC getting a transfer commitment of Traquan Fagans, a four-star cornerback who is in the 2022 class, um, the 117th overall recruit in the 2022 uh, class, according to 24-7 Sports, the 14th-ranked cornerback. He redshirted in Alabama in 2022, went in the transfer portal, and he is coming to the Trojans uh, he has four years to play for. He redshirted as a true freshman, has not gotten on the field for eligibility yet, which means he's still got all four of those years uh, to play with USC. And not to completely bury the lead here, there's another one, another Fagan's brother, Anquan, who committed to USC for the 2025 class, a five-star safety in the 24-7 Sports Composite 2025 class, which sounds like it's way in the future. It's it's two years. Yeah. Wild. Two years. Yeah. Absolutely wild. I, I still feel like we're in 2011 sometimes, and here we are talking <laughs> about the 2025 yeah. uh, recruiting class. Um, Anquan Fagans is the, the younger brother, of course. Um, he is committed, um, g- going to go into his junior season this year, but uh, Traquan going to transfer and be with the Trojans this summer to uh, to play at USC this fall. Yeah, and, and this feels a little bit, I was telling you earlier, this feels a little bit like the Imad Bebe situation. Hey, Bebe, hey, 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 Bebe, And I didn't just bring that up so that we would have a reason to use maybe. the soundboard button. Maybe a little bit. Uh, maybe a little bit. But what it, what it really is is that you have an, an older brother who you can get as a transfer and the younger brother who's the more sort of touted uh, recruit uh, that you are then banking on to come in uh, down the line. Yeah. Um, that, that's not to say that Troquan Fagans isn't an outstanding get for USC as a transfer, mm-hmm. especially if you think of him as a recruit because he was a 2022 guy. And in 2022, if USC had added... Uh, him as a, a corner, he would have been one of the star players in the class. He's, yeah. you know, a legit one, a top one fifty player, a guy who bring has good length for the position, who has potential pro, who has pro potential um, at a position that USC y- you can't have too many uh, of. Mm-hmm. And it's even a little bit more intriguing because when he was coming out of high school, it was very much he's a corner. And now it looks like um, he fits the mold for what USC wants to do at nickel, uh, maybe sort of nickel safety kind of feel. Yeah. And that is a, a position that I think that USC rightly could look at and say, well, where can we upgrade on this defensive roster? We've already talked about the front seven being entirely transfers at this point with mm-hmm. you know maybe one or two exceptions in the two deep. Um, and you look at the the secondary, there's a lot more of guys that USC has recruited, but also there are some gaps there, uh, some positions where the the players who were playing them that year and last year didn't necessarily play up to snuff. So yeah, when you can add somebody uh, of of Tra- Traquan Fagan's potential, 
uh, you have to get really excited about it. Now, is he, you know, a potential like five-star guy like his brother coming in in a, in a couple of years? No, but that does, the, the thing is, he's here to help USC now. Yeah. And I think the thing that uh, you, you look at and in the short term, he could have a really, really big impact for USC. And we got to wait a couple of years, realistically, you know, three years to see what uh, Anquan Fagan's is able to bring to the table for USC once, once he gets there, but he's sort of more of the, the theoretical right now where sure. you can plug uh Traquan in and maybe get something out of him, or you can also be patient. I mean, I, I think that, that this is the other thing. The weird thing about this transfer is a lot of times transfers, we sort of look at them as instant plug and play starter kind of guys that, that we look at. And the transfer portal being what it is now more and more you're getting just think of this guy as a recruit. So mm -hmm. if he was a redshirt freshman coming in to, to USC, treat him as though he redshirted for USC last year and make sure you also in your perception, give him time to settle into his own career and his own space and, and all of that. But it is exciting to have another option um, at that nickel position or I mean, it, you know, if he ends up at corner, if he ends up at safety, it's not like USC doesn't need help there. Um, USC's got talent, but still need a lot of guys to step up in that unit for this 2023 season to be a success on defense. Yeah, we we talked about the the front seven, even though SC essentially is a front six. Yeah, um, the front you can make a front seven entirely of transfers. You can sort of do that with the with the back four now. If you had if you had a back four. Um, look at this. You go with corners, Christian Roland Wallace from Arizona. Mm -hmm. uh, you can you can add in Traquan Fagans as well. You got Zamarian Gordon, Bryson Shaw, and yeah, there's Bryson Shaw, but there's also Latrell McCutcheon. Five yeah. guys right yeah. there. Now we don't want to ignore you know the 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 elephant in the room that is Kalen Bullock and how you really right <laughs> you don't want to be. Replacing him at safety, you want him right. to, to and reach you his hope full potential. The Monty Jackson obviously can can be a stalwart at corner as well. But yeah. you know, we talked about it on the preview going into spring camp where USC's roster was on defense. And there's certainly pieces there. We players who look good last year include Sierra Wright, right? Like mm -hmm. he he had a really strong uh season and really strong stretch multiple stretches of games where he looked really, really good, and you can sort of pencil him in as a potential corner. Um, Jacoby Covington had a, a good, good spring. A couple of picks in the in the mm -hmm. um, it, well, one and a disputed one. We'll call it one point five. It sure, was, it was it was a um, simultaneous possession that just yeah. got called in the defense's favor this time. E either way, he at least had one in in the, in the spring game. Um, and, and so there's absolutely guys here that you are, you expect to continue to take a step forward. Um, and then you bring in Christian Waller and Wallace from, from Arizona, who looks to be this year's version of Makai Blackman. You, you got, you know, Fagan's coming in as well. And like all these dudes sort of joining in. Um, it's what we've talked about forever. I remember that talking about the, um, the, uh, the, like how Steve Sarkeesian would recruit um, in which you just get a whole bunch of dudes and somebody's going to pan out. Like he did that with quarterbacks, just continue to yeah. 
it's okay to take two quarterbacks in a class. It's okay. It's okay to you know uh, do whatever. The odds are there's more chances that somebody's going to hit there, and there. I yeah. absolutely feel good about SC's chances with all of these names in in the defensive backfield to find a solid group of five. Who are those five outside of Bullock that I would absolutely bet on? I don't know yet, but there's definitely enough dudes where you're going to get, I think, a pretty good rotation out of there. I think that you could certainly make the argument last year that the front seven didn't have the talent. Yeah. I don't think at any point you can argue that this secondary doesn't have talent available to it and yes. hasn't had talent available to it. That's the entire reason that Dante uh, Dante Williams is on staff is because he's mm-hmm. been getting For talent sure. by via the recruiting uh, by the right recruiting track. So this group really is, you look across the way and it's like, it's all four or five stars, every single one of them, four or five stars, not just, not just four stars, but like highly rated four stars uh, across this board. So you've got to be able to get something out of them. And when you bring in someone like Traquan Fagans, who is another one of those, you know, top 150 corners or DBs, let's call them, just use the generic, then if you don't, it's okay for, for some, some guys you just don't hit on and that, that happens. But when you've got a three deep of guys who are all in that potential, you have to hit on somebody. And so again, it comes down to, yes, you can have this scattergun uh, recruiting uh, philosophy that you're taking, but also at a certain point, well, if you aren't hitting on guys, why aren't you hitting on them? Right. And that's the, I think the question that we're, we're going to see answered in this fall is, uh, is, uh, you know, you have the group, you can't say you don't have the group. Yeah. And as Walter in the chat says, depth, depth, defensive uh, depth, better to survive injuries. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you, you have some depth here to really deal with a few injuries and, mm-hmm. and we saw that USC had to deal with injuries this past year. Um, yeah. Remember Marty in the chat says that, that that was the something SC lacked last year was, was depth. And y- yeah, at, at times, absolutely. I mean, and then the, the other thing is not only lacking the depth, but I think lacking the confidence in that depth. Um, when Eric Gentry went out, uh, the defense really took a huge step back and, at the time, we thought it was, well, he's going to come back and everything's going to be hunky-dory. That was not the case um, because I, th- I think the, the the defense sort of lost a little bit of its of its edge there. Swagger. Yeah, and they also weren't – they didn't have the uh, turnover luck that they had in September. Um, Bryson Shaw stepped up and, you know, had a couple of big games, but he wasn't able to, you know, play early on because of injury, and I think that – Having him around early on, I think would have would have helped and made him a better player towards the end of the season and all those things. I want to say Jacoby Covington was injured for yeah. a stretch as well. Like you, you Bonnie I mean, Jackson, Bonnie Jackson has been dealing injured. with his injuries, yeah. and and I think that's one of the big setbacks that that the defense has had over the last couple of years is sort of banking on Damani Jackson being the five star, you know anchor guy there at, at corner and you haven't been able to get that out of him. And and that one is not necessarily like a, they're not developing situation. It's like a, right. 
can he get on the field? Can his body hold up kind of situation? Um, and, you know, now you have, you know, that's why you bring in a Christian Roland Wallace. That's why you bring in Jacoby Covington, who's an, another transfer. That's why you bring in these guys to sort of fill those gaps. But uh, I'm looking forward to them filling those gaps. It was it was actually really nice to see Jacoby Covington have the spring that he had um, and, uh, and, and feel like there's that sort of depth. But also you've lost some guys who we thought had potential and, and you've replaced them with other guys who we think have potential. But again, it comes down to what are your results? Uh, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to uh, with this group. Yeah. And uh, bringing in um, Craig on Fagans obviously allows. Zion branch, to- by the way, also injured the, the whole way. So well, I'm glad guy. you mentioned branch because I was going to say that Traquan allows SC to get Anquan. Um, the, the younger brother. Um, there is the the history. We talked about the Imanabe Bay brothers um, before, but it's not just the Imanabe Bay brothers. SC has done it with the branches. Uh, Zion obviously leading into Zach. Uh, and then over in basketball, Lisa, you might remember um, the Mobleys. There was Isaiah and then Evan. Mm-hmm. Evan, and it's always recruit. the same dynamic, by the yeah. way. It's the older brother is not as highly recruited. The younger brother is very highly recruited. Yes. The um, the only exception to this, I think, is the Naoteotes, who SC did not end yeah, up. Yeah, Ma wasn't. A... Didn't get Ma, but Ma was just as highly recruited as uh, as Ye was. Yeah. But, uh, of course, neither of those guys Trojans anymore. Um but let's talk about basketball. Uh, lead this as a segue to talk about basketball. SC gets a huge commitment from uh, the uh, number 33rd ranked recruit in the 24-7 sports composite. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. Um, Ronnie James out of uh, Sierra Canyon in the Valley, a little little un- unknown yeah. um, <laughs> private school out, out, of, uh, out of the Valley over there in Northridge. Um, Northridge? You say that's Northridge? Is it North? Mm. Porter Ranch? North? Whatever. Eh, it's not Porter Ranch. Um, it's over there. Uh, <laughs> six three hundred ninety pound four star is James Chatsworth. It's officially Chatsworth. in Chatsworth. There you go. Um, the son of uh, current Laker LeBron James. I don't know if you ever heard of that guy. Well, maybe once or twice. Yeah, uh, he has committed the Trojans over Ohio State's. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago that he was down to SC and Ohio State, and the decision was going to be imminent. Uh, it was announced uh, shortly before Game Three of the Lakers and Warriors, to which was followed up by a Laker win over the Warriors over the weekend. When we talked about it before, I I said that there was hesitancy um, from my end about. You know, I'm always hesitant about taking sort of like the the son of a superstar and then because like the son needs to be treated like their own person. Right. Uh, and I'm, but I want to sort of clarify this. And this isn't just because Ronnie James did commit to USA here. At the same time, if there's any school in the world that can handle this. Is it not the university of spoiled children? <laughs> like, is it not SC? I, like, I, like this is literally like, I mean, aside from the whole, you know, that, you know, uh, 
diminutive like thing that gets through. Not the what's the word? Uh, slanderous word. Diminutive, obviously, I know is a different word. Yeah, you know what I mean. Aside from that point, this is literally the school that you know SC at receiver has Jerry Rice's son. Yeah. So like, and you know, we talk about Brendan Rice and. It's only annoying the, the the Jerry Rice connection when you watch a national broadcast who has to bring it up all the time. But like we talk about Brendan Rice as if he's Brendan Rice, yeah, right? It's easy it's easy to forget that. Yeah, the same thing with um with you know Zach Banner and like all these other guys who have been the son of like uh, the the Matthews brothers, mm-hmm. all those guys. Yes, he can handle this. Yeah, I as soon as I heard that he was even considering USC, I thought there was a really strong argument for him to come to USC. Um, if you look at it, and and just from what we have learned about Bronny James is that he is um, a little bit understated. He's not some big sort of, you know, university of, he's not like some, he doesn't have a reputation for being a spoiled child. He doesn't have, yeah. he doesn't have the LaMelo ball mystique of like, this kid is really good, but he also knows it and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe has some questions about uh, uh, sort of fit and personality that, that follow him around. Um, that's certainly not something that, that we've heard about, about Bronny. It's all been, he's understated. He's hardworking. He keeps, he keeps himself sort of uh, contained. He's, he treats himself like the normal kid. Um. A lot of the same things you hear about Bronny James is a lot of the same things you heard about Arch Manning, too. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. talented kid, but he doesn't act like he's the number one guy. And uh, and that's a credit to him, for sure. I mean, um, Arch Manning famously does not have a famous dad, though. <laughs> that's true. It's, it's like, the uncle. That's famously that's no unfamous. Lie. Yes, yes. Um, the, the the grandfather and the uncles definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely add up enough. Right. Um, but... When it comes to Bronny, you think about if he wanted to stay in L.A., does he go to USC or UCLA? And the argument against UCLA is just because UCLA's brand is is too big. You bring a certain amount of of expectation and 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 like overwhelming hype if Bronny James is is playing for UCLA basketball. Um, if you go to USC, you get to play college basketball at you know, a major college basketball level, but you also, can, can I push back on that thought though? Hmm. Doesn't that's, um, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But couldn't you also view it as you go to SC? So that way you can, if you, if you wanted to look at this nefariously of like, Oh, well this is the superstar son and all that kind of thing. Isn't picking SC like part of the reason because then you could exert your own brand pa- power um, and not, sort of like not be swallowed up by the the aura of UCLA basketball? I mean, yes, I think being swallowed up by the aura of UCLA basketball is definitely something that like, if I okay, him, I think about it, avoid. But, Remember but, uh, Snoop's son that, that played yes. uh, with UCLA and yeah. then and then um, uh, P. Diddy's son that played with UCLA at the same time, right? Like those guys were called Snoop's son and (laughs) Pete's son, right? Yes. 
yeah. It, 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 you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I hear what you're saying. I also think that when you're Bronny James, you're going to USC when they have Isaiah Collier already coming in. So, like, if he wanted to be the guy, he had other programs he could have picked. There's a yes. lot of programs around the country that he could be right. the guy. Um, and uh, and clearly that's not sort of where he was looking. Um, I think that it just makes sense for him to stay in Los Angeles, be close to his family, um, to go to the lesser brand in terms of basketball brands, um, go where there's already a really well-established sort of, you just look at, you look at USC basketball, what they return. Boogie Ellis is coming back. Um, they've got Isaiah Collier coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the core uh, team that they're coming into feels pretty solid already. Um, it, it's, it seems to me like this is just sort of the low key, the lower key choice that also still gives you com- some competitive yeah, potential, and, I and guess. Tim in the chat says, I think if he wanted a championship, he'd go to UCLA. If he wants to have the NIL deals and plan for his future business and brand management, SC makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 th- I think that's I a, think that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a strong read on it. I also, I, I think uh, Ramon Murdy in the chat said that he'd be one and done. I've seen a lot of people say that he'd be one and done. I get the sense that that's not necessarily, I get that LeBron wants to play with his son. Like I get that. Right. But everything we hear about this kid is not number one. He's not good enough to warrant an in, Isaiah Collier is good enough to be one and done because you're going to be a top five draft pick and you'd be stupid not to go. Right. Um, Bronny is going to be a, f- unless something changes drastically in the next year, uh, Bronny is not going to be, he's going to be a fringe draft player. He's, he's not going to be your, um, I mean, the biggest argument for someone drafting him at that point after one year, uh, would be because they think that LeBron is going to go to wherever Bronny gets drafted, which I don't think that's actually how it's going to play out either. Um, because in reality, those kinds of decisions are sort of beyond like, you know, LeBron's not going to up and move to, I don't know, Portland because the Blazers picked up Bronny. Like that's just not how it works. I, I, I get what you're saying. I also think you're a, a little naive to think that it's not possible. I, it, ever, anything is possible. Sure. Anything is possible in sports. I, I certainly think that. I just think that the idea that he's one and done. There are a lot of reasons why he sh- he shouldn't be one and done, and could possibly choose to to go against the the one and done. Um, and, you know, like Tim in LA said, if he wants to have NIL deals and build a brand and all of that kind of stuff, then like it's, there's never been a better time. The only reason for Bronny James to go to the NBA now is because LeBron needs to retire at some point. Like right. it's not a good, and, and I think LeBron has a good enough head on his shoulders to understand that rushing his kid into the NBA isn't smart well, if he's not ready for it. Especially when LeBron has talked about like the importance of Bronny being someone to carry the banner of getting to college in his family. Like he's the first, uh, he, he talked about it after the, the game the other night that um, how proud he was for Bronny to be the first in his family to, to get into college. And so the next step is becoming the first college graduate. Right. And yeah, 
Um, obviously, when you are an athlete and when you're someone who has the the means, um, like Brian James will and has, um, you don't necessarily have to do those in the four or five years in that, the, the that order, most people yeah. have to get the stuff done. Um, so he could go to the NBA after one season and all that. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, my, my hope for Bronny, honestly, my hope for Bronny is that he comes to USC and finds his fit and he doesn't rush into the NBA unless, unless he turns out to be ready for it right now. All the scouting reports that we have on him is that he's not there. And if he's there this time next year, then wow. Good job for him. Good job for USC. Uh, but, uh, but I, I think that if I'm looking at him and the betterment of, of him as a, as an individual, as a basketball player and everything like that, he probably would be somebody who benefits from a couple years. Uh, you know, if, if not, uh, look at Isaiah Mobley as a, as an example, we brought up with the Mobley brothers, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, Evan, Evan was one and done. That's, that's no question. Yeah. Isaiah, you know, he wasn't, that wasn't in the cards for him. So that's just something to, uh, to yeah, so and- figure it's also going to be interesting because like USC doesn't necessarily need Bronny to be an NBA level player at this point. They can, he can take his time with developing and, and learning and growing and, and all of that. So. Yeah. And the, the other thing here is talking about the basketball side of this for what it means for USC immediately um, and Kenny in the chat says, if Enfield can't succeed with this squad, I think that's an indictment. Uh, it absolutely should be like, this is, we, we talk about it for USC football on defense this year thoroughly is put up or shut up for Alex Grinch's defense. Um, we could talk about the, well, these aren't his guys thing, but he played a hand in recruiting all these transfers. Um, he got one year in which didn't pan out for how good the defense could be. Uh, it got historically bad at the end. He survived it because it was year one. Well, then here you go. Here's year two. You've got a r- objectively good roster. Go show improvements or else kind of thing, right? Yeah. And and, and, and with and- basketball, that's the same thing with, with Andy Enfield here when you've got Boogie Ellis coming back, a first team, all pack 12 first teamer. Uh, you've got the nation's number one recruits. Uh, guard Isaiah Collier coming in. And you've got Bronny James too, who absolutely I think you can expect to play some sort of role immediately as well. Like all the tools are here. Yeah, and you've got last year's uh, top, you know, five star recruit and a big man who, um, if if I'm going to be, you know, generous and gracious to Andy Enfield and the and the performance of USC basketball this past season, um, this past season was supposed to, supposed to have more firepower on the roster. Uh, Victor, um, I'm not going to try and say his last name, had a freak heart condition and almost died on the practice court. And like, you can't plan for that necessarily, but he's back. He's been cleared. He got to play yeah. uh, as a freshman, which is not as much as you would have hoped, but he got to play. And, you know, John Rothstein, who's a, you know, major college basketball analyst is, uh, tweeting things like, uh, things that nobody is talking about today in regards to USC. The Trojans are set to return the Pac-12 preseason player of the year in Boogie Ellis, the Pac-12's leader in blocks in Joshua Morgan, and one of the Pac-12's best defenders in Kobe Johnson. On top of that, they're adding Isaiah Collier. On top of that, 
they're adding Boogie, uh, not, uh, uh, Ronnie James. Uh, on top of that, they're getting another healthier year from from Victor. So there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of reasons to have high expectations for this USC basketball yeah. uh, team. And Ronnie James is one of the least of those reasons, which is pretty wild if you think about the sort of the the um, the program in general, USC basketball that getting Bronny James is the least uh, basketball important moves that USC has done of the past few years in terms of just uh, earth shatteringness. It's, it's just sort of more cool than, uh, than, than anything than, than like, you know, returning the guys that USC is returning and being set up as a program where they're set up. Yeah. And unlike going out and uh, getting little Romeo, um, yeah, this not isn't in like just uh, for uh, the, for PR reasons and the, for to help recruit uh, Demar Derozan. The knock on Bronny isn't that he wouldn't deserve a college, a major college basketball right. scholarship yes. on his own. The you, knock you know, on Bronny you know you is know just that? that he's not a first round NBA draft prospect. Like that's yeah, right. Like you know how you know this is that he's ranked thirty third yeah. in the twenty four seven Sports Composite. If if, like if his ranking was disingenuous, he'd be ranked in the top five. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like all all the the stuff that people can say about Arch Manning, that you know, Arch if Arch Manning was named uh, Jason Smith, he wouldn't be uh, number one. Like, I I don't know that people are making that argument about about Bronny James here when he's ranked thirty third. Yeah. So. Yeah, let's uh, let's turn the page to the other news that came out over the weekend. Sunday, 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 USC wins the third straight beach volleyball championship, beating UCLA three two in a match score. It is not only the 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 three peats, but is the fifth win uh, win for the women of Troy, the fifth ring. Uh, since the sport started in 2016, 2016 was the first season uh, that a champion was crowned. All of those <laughs> titles, all seven titles, been won by SC or UCLA. SC has five. The Bruins have two. Uh, beach volleyball um, basically belongs to the Trojans again. Yeah, and uh, and I remember when it came uh, when when Beach which we had, uh, we did a little bit formerly, of research to remember. The artist formerly known as sand known volleyball. As sand volleyball yeah. became a, a college um, sport or what would you call What would you call it? A, a varsity sport. Varsity yeah. sport. Yeah. yeah. They built the little stadium over there on. Uh, yeah. There used to, where on, used to be uh, a, on ne- fig next to the uh, McCarthy next, and fig next to the parking structure. There used to be a basketball court there. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny in the chat says first three peat for USC women's. Yeah, team. there yeah, you pretty go. Pretty cool. It's just cool to see well, USC. women's basketball didn't get the three peat. I think they just won two in the eighties. Mm. Either way, it's cool to get uh, championships to have sports that are continue to be dominated by USC. But also, like as soon as that sport became a thing in varsity college sports, you just knew that USC should absolutely be dominating it, and they have, and that is correct. Yeah. Things are right with the world in that front. So you know what can you what can you what more can you say yeah and if you've never been to a match you just go to a match i say this as someone who's never been myself but i've walked by that stadium a million times over and it's a nice little little stadium there's perfect a perfect use of space to be honest there's a reason that beach 
volleyball is a, a sport that that uh, if not thrives, then certainly has carved out a place in the sports marketplace for live events. Um, yeah, that's that's really where it thrives. So yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. Uh, so sunscreen. Big win for the Trojans there. Um, SC continues to add uh, team titles. Um, so huge. And going forward, I was looking at the um, the future schedules for the uh, final four or whatever it's called for the for beach volleyball. And it's been held in Gulf Shoals, Alabama. Which, speaking of it's I, being moved to Huntington Beach. Yes. Again, so, like maybe they maybe the idea was, hey, the West Coast teams already have a huge advantage. Let's put this in Bama. But also You, you know what I think it is? I, I think it's like they didn't know where it was gonna go. Let's just let's just put it in the Gulf Coast. Yeah. Um this is like how water polo a water polo champion has never been crowned outside of California. But like, like or a winner has never been from outside of the state oh, of California. Gotcha. Yeah. That's going to happen with this. Yeah. Um, Florida state is the only other school to always make it to the, to the finals. Um, so they might end up getting a win at some point, but as it stands now, it looks like the, the California schools and the LA schools in particular surely have uh, have a huge uh, advantage there. Um, let's get into um, the mailbag, shall we? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You've got mail. All right. Uh, we got comments here. Um, Josh says, are you hearing, as I am, that June is going to be a big month for USC as far as transfers go? Um, I, here's the thing about big June transfers. That means that guys have transferred out because, um, but that's now that I'm even thinking about that, that's not, that doesn't work because the transfer portal, when the transfer portal already closed in terms of entrances. So, um, maybe I just don't know how much room USC has like, we we need to crunch the numbers at some point, but e- either either way, I think the the general thing here is there's always a slew of transfer portal entries um, before and after things happen. So um, after spring camp and before spring camp, um, the same thing with with fall camp. Um, so yeah, I think that you know people, uh, players finish sp- spring camp and then they finish the semester. They could hop in the portal, uh, and vice versa. And all around the country, I see could continue to add people over the over the spring, but over the spring and summer. But um, as to whether or not we're like hearing some sort of exodus and or you know big batch of incoming guys, I don't think that that is a thing that you and I are personally hearing. 
No, and it, not that not that we be able to hear those things because we're just a couple of people talking about sports on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> and and the uh, and the podcast app. Or whatever I, I think you'd in June you want to be having recruiting wins, and I think recruiting wins now in this era count for high school recruits and transfer recruits. Yeah, um, but USC has already had some massive transfer wins. Uh, and it's hard to see where additional number one, where additional room is number two, what the players that are worth bringing in look like at this stage. Cause it's starting to get a little bit more narrow in terms of who is an actual upgrade and who is just a body. Um, and I think there's certainly offensive linemen out there who USC would take in a heartbeat. And I think if you're thinking about big, uh, big news for USC, I, to me, big recruit, big transfer news is an offensive lineman or two. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's hard to say at this point. June's a yeah, I, it, it it's hard to say. We'll see how that goes as we get there. Um, Kenny says on their post spring rankings, ESPN ranks USC at number four. Agree or disagree with that level of hype for the Trojans? <sighs> I'm going to pull that up. What are you thinking? I, I'm torn. I'm very torn. Does USC as a top five offense? Absolutely. 100% a top five offense. You return the Heisman trophy winner. You bring in uh, another, you know, star wide receivers. You recruit wide receiver. Well, you land a bunch of really excellent offensive linemen to fill the gaps that you have on the offensive line. Um, there's everything in the world to believe that USC can average 45 points a game mm-hmm. this coming year. And that alone, considering where USC finished, where did USC finish in terms of the, the rankings by the end of the, 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 uh, end it was, of the year? It was sort of low. I want to say it was like 13th or something because yeah. SC not only loses the Cotton Bowl, but the Pac-12 championship. So SC sort of tumbled down at the end. Yes, um, but they went in. Yeah, so the, I, I've got twelfth in the AP poll. Yeah, uh, with the final rankings, they would have gone into the Cotton Bowl in the. Uh, let me look. So, so I, I got the. They were number four here. going into the top into the Cotton Bowl. Right. So if USC was number four going into the Cotton Bowl last year, with the defense that well USC, SC was number four going into the Pac-12 championship game. Sorry. No. Okay. Oh right, right. Okay. Number four going to the Pac-12 title game. So then uh, they drop to, I'm on the wrong week then. So they dropped to 10 mm-hmm. going into the Cotton Bowl. You're ranked yes. number 10 with your defense being as miserable as USC's defense was uh, for the second half of the season. And you're 11 and three. And we presume that USC will have a better defense. I mean, I, I just don't think it'll be worse than it was last year. I don't think it'll be the same as it was last year. It has to get better, whether it, the, the mark of, of everything is whether it gets marginally better or considerably better. USC needs it to get considerably better. But it would seem to me like somewhere between eight and four would feel natural, especially yeah. because it's not like everybody else doesn't have huge question marks. No one else in there returns a quarterback like Caleb Williams who can elevate a team to the a ridiculous degree on offense with a, an offensive coordinator who is as proven as Lincoln Riley. So like if you're asking me to bet on USC versus like Florida state, 
yeah, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to put USC up in the in the top four. Um, Said Florida I, State. I don't even see Florida State on. Oh, Florida State's three. Never yeah, mind. yeah. Um, so, so here's the snippet from from Mark Slaybaugh that says post spring out, outlook, Rainy Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams is back to leave an explosive offense that might get even better with the additions of receiver Dorian Singer, tailback Marshawn Lloyd. Um, USC's offensive line might have three seniors and two juniors starting the season. Coach Lincoln Riley hired former Arizona Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury as an offensive analyst, and he'll work closely with Williams. Of course, the big question is whether the Trojans will be able to stop anybody on defense. Riley feels better about the front seven with the addition uh, of Lyman Bear Alexander from Georgia, Anthony Lucas from Texas A&M, and Keon Bars from Arizona. Former Oklahoma State linebacker Mason Cobb might be the best newcomer on defense. I So the way I look at this is... Almost all of these teams have huge question marks, even Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, if I'm betting on anyone, I'm betting on Georgia, obviously, because well, why wouldn't you? Um, but Georgia has to break in a new quarterback. Um, I don't think that's going to slow them down. Um, but they've they've at least got to you know break in some some more guys on offense. Um, Ohio State has to replace CJ Stroud. And I don't want to just fall for the like the the very boring answer of, oh, new quarterback must mean not as good. Returning quarterback must be mean big step forward. But having no questions at quarterback is a really stabilizing factor. Yes. And the interesting thing here is like I'm fine with SC at four. I don't I don't think that that's too hyped or anything. SC being too hyped would be putting SC on the same tier level as say Georgia and, and, and all them. Or Michigan. And, and I think that looking at Slaybaugh's rankings, uh, he has Ohio state at five, Alabama, six, LSU, seven, Penn state, eight. I mean, I'm, that seems to be the tier that I would put SC in. I, so I have no problem with that at all. Florida state at three seems a little presumptive, but they finished the season uh, like gangbusters last year. So like, I, I don't know. Uh, th- that seems to be in the ballpark where SC should be. Um, where I do think that Slayball is a little off on, on these things is where the rest of the PAC 12 is Washington is. So there's five PAC 12 schools in the top 17, which I think is a huge Testament to where the conference is going into this final season of 12. Right. But Washington at 12, Utah at 14, Oregon State 15, Oregon State 17? I That tells me they don't know what to do with the Pac-12, and the only reason that USC isn't in that mix is because of Caleb Williams. Yes, because to me, Oregon, SC, and Washington are flip of coin with the... Like, I think that you know Caleb Williams is better than... Penix and Knicks. But I think we're all lying to ourselves. If you don't think that Penix and Knicks could have a Heisman type season this year, mm-hmm. right? Like all those, of those, those guys have fewer questions across yeah, than them on defense. Exactly. And so I think all three of those teams should be pretty equal. Um, Oregon state has the issue of uh, how their only question mark last year was at quarterback. 
Well, now they bring in DJ. What does that mean for them on offense? They, they should be better, but, but there's question marks about how good DJ is. Um, so I get them at 17, but Oregon being behind Utah is insane to me. And I know that this is a testament of don't overlook Utah and all that stuff, but Cam Rising's coming off of a, t- a torn ACL. If Cam Rising was healthy, I would say that all four of those teams should be even going into this season because while SC is much better offensively than I think all of those schools and much better, he's even not that much better because the other schools are really good on offense too. Um, the defense obviously hurts SC, right? Utah has a good defense and all that stuff. And Oregon and Washington have defenses that I think that you would trust way more than SC. But I worry about what Utah is going to be like without Cam Cam Rising here. I would put Oregon above them. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, these are just super early rankings that don't mean anything. But I don't know. To me, I... I and I know you can't do this, but I basically put SC, Washington, and Oregon like tied for sixth. This is why like, just make them all tied for sixth. This is why a top twenty-five is a crapshoot if you're doing an early ranking. The, yes. the the more accurate way would be to put the teams into tiers because yes. how do you separate Oregon right. from Washington at this point? I don't know. Um, so you sort of do tiers, and in, in that case, I think you would see USC in a tier that would put them somewhere between four and 10 and that would feel fine. And so I wouldn't complain if they were eight and I wouldn't complain if they were four. Yeah. I I think that it's really, what, what do you trust? If you trust that the defense will get better and that USC will average 50 points a game, then yeah, they're top four team. They, they were, they were Caleb Williams hamstring away from going to the playoff last year with that defense. So yeah, yeah, I, I don't think it's a it's outrageous to put them at number four. Uh, would I put them at number four? Eh, I I I wouldn't create a ranking because I don't hate myself. Yeah, Walter in the chat says that Oregon's uh, defense was not that great last no, year. No, they weren't. They, 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 they were better than USC. <laughs> no, right. I I think the, the the thing is comparatively, yeah, all of them were much better than SC. Um, but Oregon's was they were just like UCLA's defense was in the hundreds in a lot of different various stats too um sc was just even worse um and then oregon has the issue of replacing a lot on their offensive line they lost four offensive line starters um they have to deal with losing dillingham obviously as the, as the offensive coordinator so there is you know some questions with oregon in general but i just you know i i am not gonna doubt oregon at this point because they seem to always answer the bell, just like Utah always answers the bell. Um, and Washington, we know, is extremely well coached too. So, like, yeah, I think I think this is, I seriously cannot wait for this season because it's going to be wild to see what happens in the Pac-12. Uh, Ramamurti says, "Will we be playing beach volleyball in the big in the Big Ten like SC does in the Pac-12?" So I looked this up here. I don't know that there is a definitive answer about that. Um, Currently, there are no Big Ten. The Big Ten does not have any yeah. NCAA women's beach volleyball programs. And currently. looking at, so the way um, things go um, in the in beach volleyball, there's like invitationals and there's Pac-12 invitationals that have 
other Pac-12 teams like ASU, Oregon, Arizona, Utah, um, Washington, Stanford, Cal, UCLA. I would imagine that, first of all, is the Pac-12 even still going to exist going forward? Big question. I would imagine that SC stays involved with a lot of those things. Like, I know that if I remember right, the the initial thought was that SE was going to move over all the all the sports that they could, but I think this might be a case of one of the sports that they can't, just based on no other Big Ten schools have a beach volleyball team, like you said. And then you talk about things like water polo. Um, a lot of these, there, SC competes in other conferences. Was it the the IPF or whatever? I. I can never remember the, the the letters of what the water polo conference is. Yeah, that, that's that's where I think the answer is that there are examples in other sports like water polo, like like some of the other um, more obscure sports where conference affiliation is, MPSF, a, lot more, is MPSF. a lot more fluid. Like, so I would imagine that that's how they'll the solution will happen is they won't be playing in the Big Ten because there is no Big Ten presence yeah. in that sport. But that doesn't mean that uh, that you can't also play just not under the Pac-12 banner. Like Kenny in the chat, Kenneth in the chat says uh, ASU plays hockey in the Big in the Big Ten. Yeah, like so. Yeah, it's it's just they're probably just gonna be the equivalent of a reagent uh in yeah i i I think that's what's going to end up having to happen for sports like beach volleyball where either sc stays in the pac-12 or the pac-12 just no longer supports it and then some other conference ends up being a thing it breaks away i don't know something like Uh, there's there isn't a good reason for usc to not continue to field a women's uh beach volleyball program though so like they'll find it um, the interesting one I think is going to end up being baseball, to be honest. Oh, here's an example. LSU plays under the Coastal Collegiate Sports Association. So their version of the of the MPSF. Yes. So yeah. whatever the equivalent. That Which USC is the Mountain ends. Pacific Sports Federation. Yeah. I, believe. I don't know what the name of this thing would be that USC joins, but for this particular. Uh, yeah. The the interesting one I think is for SC is it's going to be baseball in the sense of like, I guess it's, it's probably doesn't matter, but it, it yeah this probably doesn't make any sense. But SC's schedule works out nicely that all the mid there's so many games in so many teams in Southern California that SC can play midweek games against all those teams. They can still just do that, I guess. So that still works out. Ignore me. Well, we'll find out is the answer. Yeah. It's still crazy, crazy to think that SC uh, and UCLA are no longer going to be in the Pac-12. I, I My brain is still not comprehended it. Mm-hmm. Also, looking at the Wikipedia page on the Pac-12, a little alarming that there's two big red <laughs> marks through SC and UCLA when it, when it talks about full members. Sort of jarring. Like, I like to look up Wikipedia when, when there's a soccer tournament. Um, oh, the Champions League is on? I'm going to go to Wikipedia for the standings because they always just break it down in a way that I like. And, yeah, when a team gets eliminated, you get that big red row across the uh, across the table. Yeah. It's, it's jarring. And there, SC, UCLA, eliminated. Um, let's go to an email we got. Um, 
from Tony in Denora, PA, who says, Michael and Alicia, this is Tora f- T- Tony from Denora, PA. Listen to your podcast this morning going to work. Michael, just want to say I'm sorry to hear about the passing of your mom. I lost my mom 12 years ago. And there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think about her. Some Sometimes it brings tears to my eyes. Sometimes it brings a smile. And there are times I just break out laughing, thinking about her. Hang in there. Fight on Tony. Yeah, I... Thank you. I, we, we appreciate the, the thoughts and the, the sentiments and absolutely that's what I imagine is in store. So, um, yeah, we, we, we move on and appreciate, appreciate the thoughts as, as always. And all yeah, of you guys, you, have, you know, uh, last week in the chat, you guys are super supportive and all the comments we've gotten on and offline have been, Super thoughtful and supportive, and um, yeah, we appreciate you all. And go tell tell the people you love that you love them. Yeah, always go, good advice. Go, go do that. And if you haven't remembered, go set up uh, something to do with, with your mom this weekend for, for Mother's Day. Get flowers, something. Go do something. So, all right. We'll, we'll end there. Um, Kenny, we didn't make it two hours, but we made it one, so, <laughs> so that'll work. So uh, we'll be back later this week for members only here on YouTube uh, with, with the members only video. So join us there. Um, you can always join us here in the members only uh, for four ninety nine a month. You get bonus content here on YouTube. You can also join us over on discord. Uh, we're super excited about that. So um, join us here on YouTube um, on desktop. It's the easiest way to join. Uh, we'll be back later this week. Otherwise we'll hit you up next Monday. 5 p.m. Pacific, as always. Um, and if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, continue listening there. We appreciate you. And uh, give us a review. Helps grow the show, too. So uh, until next time, we will see you. See you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.